Welcome to the NS North Podcast. My name is Dan Byers, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, Phil Casgray. How are you, Phil? I'm great. And you, Dan? I'm good. I'm good. So our special guest tonight is Speaker J.P. Samard. How are you, J.P.? Hi. Pretty good. Yourself, Dan? We're good. We're good. So I'm wondering if you could maybe just introduce yourself uh, to our listeners and uh, talk about what you, who you are, where you're from. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a little funny to be introducing myself to uh, the two of you since we've known each other for, for a bit, for basically as long as I've been uh, trying to get get myself into the industry. Um, but uh, We have a lot of people that are going to listen to this, so, you know. <laughs> definitely, yeah. No pressure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no pressure at all. Um, it's okay. I'm pretty familiar with who I, who I am, so that, should, that part should be easy. Um, my name is JP, and I hail from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And uh, these days I'm in San Francisco working at a company called Realm. We're building uh, a modern database for mobile platforms, so iOS uh, and, and Android. And that's, uh, that's mostly what I do these days. But before that, you had, even, you had your own company too. So that's, uh, you've been in Ottawa for a while. Uh, you're from Ottawa originally, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I stayed in Ottawa for, for a very long time and um, got extremely excited once, um, you know, the, the whispers and the rumors started going around that there'd be uh, a Cocoa Developer Conference in Ottawa. And at the time, I was still uh, living and working there. Uh, and of course, that conference being uh, you know, the, the Ottawa's very own and your very own NS North. Um, so... You know, when when I was in Ottawa, I tried to participate in uh, in the Cocoa Heads. That's also organized by uh, by you guys, um, and so definitely a lot of a lot of strong roots in Ottawa. Well, since since you've moved to San Francisco, did you find? Uh, I'm assuming you found some similar activities that uh, are able to be done, uh, uh, either conferences or tiny meetups or something like that. Yeah, actually, it's it's interesting, right? Um, when I was considering moving out here, I was uh, definitely under the impression that the meetup scene would be so much bigger um, and so much more pervasive, with lots of different little events and people going there, you know, on a weekly basis. And um, it's actually not quite. Uh, you know, Ottawa actually had a really good thing going for it. It was uh, it was quite organized, and and it was a crew of very loyal, very. Um, you know, very tight knit group uh, in the Cocoa Heads. Here, it's uh, there's so many different groups going on constantly that uh, you know it's a very different feeling. Uh, there are groups in Palo Alto, in um, in San Francisco, and and pretty much everywhere in between. And uh, pretty much like two or three times a week, if you want to go to an event, uh, you definitely can. There's no shortage of that. Wow, that's incredible. It's like so everybody gets pretty spread out, I guess. Eh? You, you you have it. A lot of options there to attend. Yeah, you have a lot of options, but you also um, kind of lose out a little bit more on this sense of community, like we like we had in Ottawa, where right. um, you know you, you end up pretty much knowing everyone as long as you've been to events uh, a handful of times. And so um, you know it's it's a trade off, but it definitely feels like uh, like Silicon Valley down here. Yeah, yeah. Case in point for like one of the reasons why we keep NS North so small too. You know, it's uh, the, over the years you get to meet really everybody, and especially over the weekend you get to meet uh, as, as like a large, large percentage of the people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Keeping it small um, is one of the reasons that people have loved these boutique conferences, uh, and that they they sell out so quickly. And um, you know, kudos for putting it up. 
Oh, thanks, man. And and so back to your company that, that you uh, that you work at now. So you started there when? Like how long ago? So I moved out here in uh, March of 2014. And um, just a little bit of backstory. Before that, I was um, I was working at a company uh, at an agency in Ottawa, and so uh, we had grown from a very small group to uh, a sl- slightly not so small group, but still pretty small. We grew up to uh, to seven or eight people at, at one point over the course of three years, and we were mostly just building uh, building apps for clients and venturing out into our own little products, but nothing that really stuck. Um, and so I'd been focusing a little bit more on the uh, on the iOS side of things, and um, when it became clear that I, I really wasn't cut out to uh, to run a company uh, of, of of that nature um, for too long, I started looking for for other opportunities, and uh, that's where Realm came into the picture. And so just to give a little bit of background on Realm, Realm um, started off with basically this concept of, uh, of modernizing mobile databases, something that you know, hasn't really been done in, uh, in over a decade. You know, we've, we've had a very strong foundation, but you know, that foundation was still designed you know, 10 or 20 years ago. And so um, it's, it's a space that hasn't necessarily had a lot of disruption. And so when I was kind of doing the rounds and, and talking to a number of, of people in terms of w- what I would want to do next, um, the fact that uh, that the realm folks were really trying to disrupt something that uh, that had you know not really seen too much competition in, in quite a quite a while, um, I thought that was really an interesting thing, and and I wanted to be a part of it. You, you mentioned how you 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 heard of realm and how they were trying to disrupt the mobile database aspect. What what actually needed disrupting? Like what was the uh, the problem that they were trying to solve? <laughs> that's that's a great point. Um, you know, there is you actually see that a lot in Silicon Valley, where it's disruption for the sake of disruption, and um, you know, you, you have all sorts of Silicon Valleyisms in there as well, uh, and and that was extremely important for me to just try to understand that that point of view and to make sure that um, you know there was actually. Uh, some like a core value here as as part of this uh, this endeavor, and so in the case of Realm, you know you look at a number of popular um, persistent solutions out there, and and really when we consider the model layer, the the model is really at the heart of modern apps, um, and so it's uh, it's extremely important to to do right, and it ends up uh, you know having an impact on the entirety of the design of an application. And so, um, you know, it's not something to be taken lightly. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to be disrupted just because, um, you know, it's, it's important, right? Because if all the tools out there are perfect, then, uh, hey, by all means, let's just keep contributing to those tools and, and, and make it better. But in this specific case, right. you know, um, it's something that we've, th- that I'm sure we've all kind of felt or, or thought at some point where, um, there just end, ends up being so many abstractions and so much indirection with the given tools, right? We're trying to use relational databases to do things like linked relationships. Um, and there's quite a bit that's going on under the hood to actually make this magic happen. And what ends up happening is that the level of indirection makes it a little hard to kind of reason about um, certain classes of bugs or certain classes of behavior in your app. And so 
what uh, what Realm was really aiming to do and what we're still striving to do is to um, kind of bring a lot of the higher-level functionality that you'd get out of using something like Core Data, uh, but really bring that all the way down to the bare-metal database so that there's not all this weight into the ORM. And, uh, and then from there, you basically just expose a thin binding for the language that you're working in. Um, so really, my job's pretty easy because I work on the binding. I work on, on the part that uh, purposely tries to do as little work as possible. So you can say that Realm is, a, is an evolution of the, of the classic database or the uh, usual database that we know of, like the MySQL, the SQLite, and stuff like that. It's kind of an evolution. It's kind of the segue I want to make is uh, NS North is going to be about evolution this year. And hmm. there's another thing that came last year that you've embraced... Uh, with uh, Gusto and that that uh, was released last summer is called Swift and it's the language uh, of uh, all new things and uh, the, the the future language so can you give us your thoughts about what happened uh, with Swift um, both at um, both at Realm and uh, outside into in the community from your perspective oh god yeah Swift there's there's so much happening in Swift and um, you know to a certain extent it ends up dominating uh, what what's at the forefront of people's minds and Um, you know, there's there's definitely some trade-offs to that, right? Where now we're um, we're focusing a lot more on kind of this new language and what it can do for us. And uh, you know, you look at you look at the things that typically um, typically really animate um, certain conversations for Cocoa developers. You know, up until WWDC of last year. And, uh, you know, talking about the language wasn't necessarily at the forefront. You know, you'd go to conferences and you wouldn't necessarily hear so many people talking about the language. And, and uh, you know, occasionally you'd hear someone like rambling about the, uh, the power of the Objective-C runtime or something like that. But ultimately the talks were, were more focused on, you know, the APIs and, uh, and the functionality and architecture uh, and design. And so Swift basically flipped that completely on its head and now all of a sudden we're looking at one very specific aspect of app development um, and I think that's kind of starting to die off a little bit which, which is good you know there's a period of excitement and, and wonder um, and then after a while we start to realize oh yeah well you know it's, it's just a language uh, and <laughs> we have to get back to building apps <laughs> um, so you know to answer your question in terms of uh, of what's going on in Swift and what's going on with Realm and Swift, um, I think it's overall just a good, it's a good catalyst to start thinking and rethinking about these age-old design decisions and, and best practices that we've come to take for granted. Um, and so it's, it's just, uh, it's a nice catalyst to, uh, to disrupt the status quo. So uh, in the community also, uh Outside of, of Realm, I know that uh, you've been quite the proponent of uh, even something uh, as uh, as vague, vaguely defined as the summer of Swift, and you've been an, a Swift advocate for uh, since the very beginning, essentially. So, can you talk a bit more about uh, what's happening uh, in the in the community that you're in? Right, right, and I love how you say that it's uh, it's vaguely defined summer of Swift because it's something that we started and never really uh, capped off. So the summer is still ongoing. Um, it's the endless summer of the beach. It's the endless summer of Swift, yeah. And it might be because uh, I've now moved to California where uh, seasons aren't quite as delimited. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so there, there's definitely a lot going on in the industry, and you've got some great um, thought leaders that are emerging, and some great concepts that are that are coming out. You know, um, functional Swift conference happened uh, just about two months ago, and uh, and there's a lot of really good. Um, a really good re- reflection type talks that that happened, and by reflection I mean, um, you know, looking looking how we do things. Oh yes, that was a small one day conference in New York City, right? That's right. Yeah, and it was organized by uh, uh, Brendan. I forget his last name of New York City, and then Chris Eidhoff. Um, just f- fantastic, fantastic conference. I only got a chance to to watch the videos online. Um, and uh, for those of you listening at home, you should probably do the same because there's quite a bit of insight to grab from that. Uh, and I mean, that's really just one out of many examples that I could give. Uh, there's so much going on in Swift. Um, and one really great way to stay on top of most of it is, is to you know, follow some of the thought leaders like uh, OBCIO and uh, NS Hipster and Natasha the Robot. And, um, you know, there's, there's so many people. In terms of people who haven't yet taken the plunge into Swift, what would you recommend in terms of like how could they approach it? Like, is there like you know should they use the Apple Developer's Guide or like is there there must be some really good tutorials and reference material available now as well? Yeah, I mean that the the reference material and the tutorials have just proliferated at such an intense pace. Um, you know, I, we were talking about this very briefly earlier today at the office, and I think Swift has basically catapulted to um, the 42nd most popular programming language, uh, you know, based on some obscure metric. I don't know. Uh, but, but regardless, it's definitely um, it's caught the world by storm. And now one, one thing that I want to say is that, um, you know, uh, I guess since I, I think about Swift a lot, uh, it might seem like I'm... You know, huge proponent, and I'm saying, okay, let's let's move as much to Swift as possible, and that's uh, that's completely not the case. Actually, it's it's still very much um, uh, in its early beginnings, and uh, and there's a lot of reasons why you'd be better off sticking to something that's uh, a little bit more proven and that can um, you know that, that can get the job done without necessarily introducing any uh, special surprises like Swift does. But that being said. Um, Apple is going to continue working on it, and regardless what how you feel about Swift, they're going to keep pouring more and more resources into it. And so, um, pretty much like any Apple API or uh, any new technology that they have, if you see that they're putting that much effort into something, you're probably just going to hurt yourself the more you um, delay looking at it and just trying to understand it. Um, so. In terms of giving advice to people who have yet to dive into it, I'd say um, start small. Um, One of the great things that that you can do, actually, is just add a little bit of type safety to an existing Objective-C project, right? So you can take an an existing Objective-C library and just wrap it in Swift, and it's a nice way to actually get a feel for the language and without necessarily having to worry too much about um, some some of the finer details of it. And then you can move your way up from there. That's a really good idea. So um, now that, that we've, I've led you down this path, I, I'm going to take you out and take a look at um, when, you, when you're not actually uh, involved in all of these fantastic projects. So what are your interests outside of development? Um, well, you know, as many of us in the industry can probably relate to, it's, uh, you know, you used to have interests, and in, and in then programming or or the industry kind of takes over, and um, 
and I'm very much in that boat. And there are so many things that I just want to be able to get back to. Um, and really, the the thing that's uh, the thing that's calling me back the most, I'd say, is is music. And um, so I I used to play a lot of uh, a lot of saxophone, um, and it's something that I. Uh, I haven't done in a while, and it's something that I, I realize is lacking in my life. Um, you know, and it doesn't really matter what it is, but uh, just having something outside of work that you can do to uh, to unwind is um, is something that that I end up uh, missing quite a bit these days. Yeah, I bet you're you're a big jazz fan too, right? Yeah, uh, huge into jazz, and and that's one of the reasons. Um, why one of the open source projects that I run is called Jazzy. That's one reason. And then the other reason, um, really the, the predominant reason, is that, uh, so, so Jazzy, for those of you who don't know, is a Swift documentation generator, uh, kind of like Apple Doc, but for Swift, that actually uses some of Apple's internal tools, um, like Clang and SourceKit, to do all of the heavy lifting and parsing and, uh, uh, and, and uh, extracting of the doc comments. So. Um, Apple's own documentation system, uh, as you may be aware, uh, has changed as of WWDC 2014. And so as I was considering building this documentation generator, I was looking at Apple's uh, HTML files and CSS files, and I realized that their internal tool is called Jazz. Um, And so it's kind of a play on that. Uh, You know, it's basically um, a copy or an inspiration it's it's inspired from apple's own documentation system uh, and so went ahead and called it uh, called it jazzy i, I can vouch for uh, if you go to take a look at uh, github uh, jp's github page uh, there are a lot of uh, very interesting open source projects there that you that you will you'll certainly find something that you like uh, if you're into open source at all what, what's what's that page url uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Phil. That's really nice. I'm, I can't guarantee any uh, sort of interest, but there's a lot that, that I end up putting up there. Um, and that's at github.com slash jpsim. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, JP. Um, what would you say is the best way for somebody to get in touch with you? Uh, you can always uh, reach me over Twitter at simjp, S-I-M-J-P. Uh, and I'll uh, make sure to make some noise back. Excellent. All right, folks, tickets are still available. April is right around the corner, and we have a wonderful weekend planned for attendees. If you would like to learn more, you can visit our website at nsnorth.ca. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at nsnorth. Now, we would also like to share that we have a new conference family member. Our friends Charles Perry and Joe Chaplinski have recently announced that they are organizing a conference this fall. It is called Release Notes, and it's going to focus primarily on the business of making apps. Both Charles and Joe have spoken at NS North in the past and at various other events over the years. So these guys know conferences, and I'm sure theirs is going to be great. It will be held in downtown Indianapolis from October 21st to the 23rd at a wonderful venue. And you can check out their website at releasenotes.tv for more information. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us again next time as we will introduce, and you can get to know more about, another great speaker. Now, Phil, how can people get in touch with you? Well, I'm on Twitter at Philip C, and I'm also Phil at nsnorth.ca. Awesome. And I am underscore Dan Byers on Twitter, or you can email me at dan at nsnorth.ca. See you soon.